Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This series is uh, very timely because we are living in a very unstable time. And it's just, when I say unstable, I mean, we don't, we don't know what's gonna happen uh, with COVID-19, with, with some of the uh, burning and looting, we just, the unrest, we, we don't know what's coming next, but you know what God does? And you know what, God can walk us through anything, guys, anything. And you don't have to worry. And this series is so powerful because I think we have several weapons God has given us. Uh, One is love, just walking in love with people and loving people that you don't like. It's really powerful. And the other is gifts of the spirit. And that's what we're gonna talk about. And God wants those released into the world we live in. Not just these four walls, but out there. So, you know, God's gifted us in different ways. Romans 12 talks about the body gifts, and that's what we use to serve. And those are in you all the time. They're turned on every day of the week. They're always there, and you can just learn to tap into those. Then there's uh, the fivefold ministry gifts in Ephesians 4, um, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I stand in the pastor one, and um, those are on all the time. They're just always on. But then there's the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Those are as the Spirit wills, and we'll see that more and more. And we can't turn them on and off, but we can really become a conduit for them to flow through us at a higher level. There's some switches we can turn on. So we'll talk about all that in this series. And I really believe if we're going to bring Jesus to the world, we know the gospel is what makes and causes people to be saved when they hear about Jesus. It's the power of God that results in salvation. But man, people in the church need God to just minister life to them. People out there need God to minister life to them. And that's what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. I want to also say this, guys. I realize we all grew up hearing different things. We all have different sets of belief. Uh, There are entire denominations that believe the gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. I'll address that in this series, actually in this lesson, and just help you out. Maybe you came out of one of those denominations, and uh, there are some that never heard about the gifts of the Spirit, so you're like, well, I never heard about this, and you'll smile at the end of this series and at the end of this lesson. Then there are those of you that believe in it, but you haven't flowed in it for years, and I'm hoping to turn that switch back on, and then there's those of you who are flowing in it. I just want to take all of us to the next level. So here's our theme verse for this series, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, I do not want you to be uninformed. So he's going to write chapters 12, 13, and 14 so we're not uninformed. And this is a church that knew about these gifts. They're operating in them. But he says, you have to understand them a little bit more. So it's going to help all of us. And I like the way the Amplified Bible translates it. Listen to this. Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural enemy energy, excuse me, brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. And I love this. I had to, I had to read it because they're special endowments or gifts of supernatural energy. They come from heaven and they go beyond our ability. And then the Message Bible says it this way. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. And you see what I highlighted, guys? Various ways God's spirit gets worked into our lives. And this is about not just 
God working in a group, a connect group, in a, in a corporate setting, but God working through you outside these walls. God working through you as a father, as a mother, young children, older children. God working through you on the job, wherever you're at, at home, with family. God wants to work through you, and that's what these gifts are for. So it reminds me of a story. Three guys die, and they go to heaven. Pearly gates. Peter meets them at the pearly gates. That's going to be cool. Peter says to the first guy, he says, what denomination do you belong to down on earth? He said, I was assemblies of God. So Peter goes, awesome. He goes, see that corridor? Walk down the corridor, and I want you to go into door 10. He says, but when you pass door two, shh, don't make a sound. So Peter, there's this uh, assembly of God guy goes, okay, and he goes down. He asks the second guy, he goes, what denomination were you part of? He said, I was Methodist. Peter said, I loved your methods. Awesome, all right. Now, he said, Here, here's what I need you to do. Walk down that corridor. I want you to go into door nine, but when you pass door two, shh, don't make a sound. So this guy goes, okay, and he goes down. Then he asks the third guy, he goes, what denomination were you from? He said, I was Church of God in Christ. Kojic, Peter says, that was an awesome denomination. Now, here's what I need you to do. do walk down that corridor going to door eight, but when you go by door two, shh, don't make a sound. Now, this guy's sharper than the other, so he says, hey, you've told all of us not to make a sound when we go past door two. He goes, why can't we make noise going past door two? He said, well, that's where I sent all the Catholics, and they think they're the only ones up here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, knew it would go, I knew it would go. Hey, here, here at Believers, here at Believers, we accept all denominations, $1, $5, $10, $50, $100. We accept them all, guys, right? <laughs> little stand-up for you, a little stand-up, just to make your day better. Hey, hey, we do accept all denominations. <laughs> and I remember, I started Believers in 1983. This, this month, we're 37 years old. And started in 83, and in, 80, in the 80s and 90s, there was quite a division in the valley and all over the country between charismatic pastors and non-charismatic pastors. So in case you're really new, charismatic pastor is someone that believes the gifts of the Spirit are for today, and non-charismatic pastor is someone that believes they're no longer for today. And we kind of were cordial in public. You know, we'd go to the National Day of Prayer and smile and say hi, but there was quite a division. Then the 2000s came, and something happened. I mean... Non-charismatic pastors began to hunger for a move of God. They began to pray weekly and gather other pastors, and they're praying for a move of God. They want to see God do something great. They began to open up to the gifts of the Spirit. And us charismatic pastors began to respect non-charismatic pastors because we, back in the 80s and 90s, we thought, oh, they're not as smart as us because they don't believe something in the Bible, right? And so we, we began to respect them and realize we can learn things from these guys. These guys know God like we know God. And I just saw God bring everybody together. It's been amazing. Now I saw it last year in 2019 and now in 2020, man, we, we are, we're all really close friends, guys. Black, white, every denomination, we talk to each other, we're close, and we're all hungering for the same thing. We want a move of God like we've never seen before. And we know it's that time, right, where sin abounds, God's grace does abound even more, even more. So we, we want to see that move of God. And that's why this series is so important. So I have a big idea for this lesson. Here's my big idea for this lesson, and it goes like this. Gifts will work until our work is done. 
Our work is referring to Christians. What's our work? Well, we want to bring people to Christ and we want to minister to the body of Christ and we want to use our gifts down here. So until we go to heaven, gifts are supposed to work. And I want to help you understand that after the end of this lesson. It's so important. And I'll tell you a story. I don't want to share new ones because you might know who I'm talking about, but years ago, there was a single girl, but she was in her 30s. She dated the guy for a couple years, and then they broke up, and I didn't know it, but I saw her out of the corner of my eye in a lobby, and I could tell she was waiting to speak with me. And so when it thinned out, she came up, and she had tears in her eyes, and she said, we broke up, and she said, I'm in my 30s. I want to get married, have kids. And I was ready to, to exhort her. I'm not real good. When a lady cries, I start to shake. I don't know what to do when a lady cries. <laughs> But, but I was going to pull something out of here, right? And, and I was going to just exhort her with scripture. And then something happened. I, I saw something by the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of spirit. And I saw it, and then I spoke it to her. I said, I said here's what I, I saw. And, and I said, your husband hasn't yet accepted Jesus. He's not a Christian yet. But he's going to accept Jesus really soon. And he's in another state. But after he accepts Jesus, God's going to bring him back here and he's gonna cross your paths. And man, the tears left, a peace came over her, and I think she trusted me. She knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't say something and just make it up. She knew that must have been God. And uh, I prayed with her, and then about, I don't know, two months later, maybe three, it's been a long time, right? She comes up to me, she has this handsome guy with her, and she says, I gotta introduce you to someone. She says, remember what you said to me a couple months ago? I said, yeah. She said, well, here he is. And she said, uh, she, she knew the date when I said it, and she said he accepted Christ a couple months after. God led him to come back here. Their paths crossed. He came to our church, and he asked her out on a date. And guys, guess what? They, they got married and had kids. And why? you might say, why did God give that to me? Because God loves you. He loves everyone, and he wanted ministry to her. And, you know, I could have ministered to her out of my own ability, and that would have helped. But isn't it cool when we can minister to someone by the Spirit of God? Yeah. And God wants all of us to flow in these different gifts. You're not going to flow in all of them, and I'll help you understand that as we progress. I want to tell you about Jesus. This is really important. We know Jesus is the Son of God, right? He always existed. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God before time even started as we know it, Jesus said, Dad, I'll go down there and save humanity. And so Jesus came into a body, and he's God who created everything in a human body. And he lived like we did for about 30 years, and he felt every pain we feel. Then he began to minister and show us God, and, and then he died for us. Well, that ministry began after an event. And that event was when John the Baptist baptized him. And so John's baptizing people, and Jesus walks into the water and says, John, you have to baptize me. That's his first cousin. John says, I can't baptize you. I know by the Spirit who you are. And Jesus said, you have to. It must be done. John water baptizes him. Jesus comes out of the water. The Bible says this thunderous voice comes out of heaven. People heard it. And the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then the Holy Spirit came on Jesus in the form of a dove. And Jesus at that moment was anointed. Now, here's what is important. The miracles Jesus did, he didn't do as the Son of God. He could have, because he was the Son of God, but he did them by the Holy Spirit. 
And he only did one miracle as the son of God. You know what miracle that was? He was at a wedding before he was water baptized and they ran out of wine and his mom said, they ran out of wine. Do something, Jesus, you're the son of God. And he says, mama, it's not my time. I can't do anything. And I don't know exactly what she said, but I think it's something like this. You know the falafels you like that I make? I'm not gonna make you any falafels unless you take care of this. And so, and just adding lib, but uh, could have happened, could have happened. So Jesus made wine out of water. He turned water into wine. He did that as the son of God because he had not yet been anointed by the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing he ever did as the son of God. He could have done everything as the son of God, but God wanted him to be a model, a model that we could learn from because that same Holy Spirit's in us. So here's how the Bible explains his baptism, his event. It goes like this, Acts 10.37. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's important because they're speaking of Jesus from his natural, his body, not, not as the son of God. So God anointed Jesus as a man. He's still God in the body. You have to be really careful because people on the internet will tear you apart if you don't ex explain this exactly. So, so Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. So God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. And then how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, why? Because God was with him. Who was with him? God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus ministered by the Holy Spirit. Listen to the first part again, how God anointed. The word anointed is the Greek word creo. It kind of sounds like a sauce you put on crawdads down in Louisiana, right? Give me some creo sauce. But guys, that's not what it is. This Greek word means to anoint or rub with oil so that you, as you rub for oil, you set someone in a position to do what they're created to do. And when the Bible says Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, God was putting the Spirit on him so he could do what he needed to do. And everything Jesus did, except for water to wine, Jesus did as a man. Understand, he's God in, in the flesh, all right? I'm not saying he's not God. But he did it out of his human side, anointed by the Holy Spirit, because God wanted you and I to realize we can do it too. So there's two principles I wanna help you understand so that we can understand gifts will work until our work is done. So here's the first principle, guys. Jesus said, you'll do what I'm doing. He literally said that. The works I do, you'll do. Here's the scripture, John 14, 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, so if you accept Jesus, he's talking to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have done and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my father. So he's talking about dying, being raised from the dead. And what happened when he died? He said, when I go up to heaven, I'll send you what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. And so notice what he's saying here. Whoever believes in me, accepts me, the works that I've been doing, they will do. Now, if you were to read John chapter one all the way to chapter 14, verse 11, you would know the, the works are referring to all the supernatural things he did. You know, the woman at the well and knowing how many husbands she had. All those supernatural things, healing people, everything supernatural. And then I like this part. He said, we'll do even greater things. And the word greater means, it, it doesn't mean types because, you know, he walked on water. So if we were gonna do types of things that were greater, then we could float to the moon. You know, that's not what he's saying. The word greater means volume. And that makes sense, doesn't it? 
because uh, Jesus ministered for one year in one body, so how many things could he do in one year, right? But then the 12 disciples, they ministered much longer than that, and then millions of Christians have been born, so our volume is greater. The type of things are never greater because how can you get better than raising the dead, right? They're never greater. But I remember coming out of Bible school. I come out of Bible school, and they taught me better, but you know how sometimes we, we come up with things by ourselves. And I read this verse, and so I began to teach that every Christian can do everything that Jesus did. That's a lot of pressure, right? And, and so I felt like I could do every miracle Jesus did. And I remember my first year going to hospital visits, and someone in the church would say, would you go visit my loved one? They're dying, and they'd be on a ventilator in a coma. And I'd wait till the nurse left, and then I'd say, I'd lay hands on them and say, I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. And I did that a bunch of times, and then nothing would happen, and then I, Jesus must not love them or something. I don't know. And, and so, you know, you walk out, right? And then I'd go to these calling hours. Literally, I'm not making this up. And you know when you stand at the casket, and, and I was smart enough to whisper, aren't you glad I didn't say it out loud? That would have made the paper, right? But I would whisper, I command you to come back to life in the name of Jesus. And I'd whisper it, nothing would happen. And you know, when you're thinking that way, you almost feel like, they're moving, I can see, they, they twitched, you know? And have you ever felt that when you're looking? It's like, I think they moved. And, and after a year of that in hospital, guys, I just, I realized something isn't correct here. I, I am misinterpreting this scripture, right? And so you have to go back to the drawing board. I remember I taught the church this for years, and I'd come back before, before service, and the band would be praying back then in the 80s, and they'd be praying, now, Lord, let Pastor Joe raise the dead, and let, let him heal the paralytics. And, and, and I'm like, okay, yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord, let, let's do that. And, and it's like, what pressure? And, and then one day I saw it for what it was, and I understood it, Jesus was saying we'd do that all together, right? Not, not just, you wouldn't do everything he did. I'm not gonna do everything he did. We do it as a body, and that's really important. And here's the text that helped me see it. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Together you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of his body, so we make up the whole. Now listen to verse 28. First God chose some, and that's really important, some, not everybody. He chose some people to be apostles and prophets and teachers for the church, but he also chose some, not everybody, to work miracles, that's workings of miracles is how some translations say it, or heal the sick, gifts of healings, and it's just two of the nine gifts of the Spirit. He could have placed any one of them in there. He's just saying, uh, we all don't have everything, right? And he goes on to say this, or help others or be leaders, and I have that in a different color because it's really important as we read down or speak different kinds of languages or in other tongues. He's referring to a corporate setting where someone speaks in tongues, someone interprets. So he says that, he chose some, but then listen to the very next verse, verse 29. Not everyone is an apostle, right? Modern day apostles are missionaries that uh, go somewhere and preach Christ, start a church, and, and then they put someone over it and they go start another church, put someone over it, start another church. So we, we have those guys. Some of them do it in America, some of them do it over, overseas. Not everyone is an apostle, I'm not. Not everyone is a prophet, I'm not. Not everyone is a teacher, I am. But, but you see what I'm saying, like we don't all have these gifts. And, and, and then it goes on and says not everyone can work miracles. Some can, but not everybody will operate in workings of miracles. And then verse 30 says, 
Not everyone can heal the sick. We can all pray for the sick. We can expect a miracle, and we should, and we do. When people come up after service, uh, we expect a miracle, right? Pastor Rick Fritz, who ministered here in the Warren campus uh, last weekend, Pastor Joe ministered in the Borman campus last weekend, cast some vision, and I heard it was amazing. So, so guys, listen, listen. Not everybody operates in that gift. Pastor Rick Fritz operates in gifts of healings, and that's wonderful, but not everybody will operate in that gift. There's some of the nine gifts that more of us will operate. They're, they're spread out. More of us will operate in some of them. We'll talk about that in lesson two and lesson three. But, but notice this. Not everyone can heal the sick. And then he says, not everyone can speak different kinds of languages. Or in other tongues, not everyone can uh, interpret those tongues, tell what the languages are. That's the corporate setting. Even if you're spirit-filled, not everyone stands in that office, right? But notice what he skipped. It's really important. He left out, not all of it, he left out the helping people and he left out the leadership. And you know why? All of us can help. That's our, that's our body gift and we can all serve. And every one of us can lead. We may not all be called to be leaders, but all of us can lead. We can lead our families. We can lead our children. We can lead something at work. We can lead a connect group. And so if he were to keep those in there, it would not be a true statement. So he had to lead those out. That's why I made sure I highlighted him in, in the upper verse. And so that means then that everything he left in here would be true. And so I can't do everything Jesus did, but when we put ourselves all together, we'll do the works that he did and even greater works than those. And some of you are operating in gifts and you don't even know it, so I'll help you see that. Um, some of you are called to operate in some of the bigger ones. Some of you, or a majority of you, are called to operate in some of the vocal ones, and we'll talk about that as we progress. Listen to how he finishes this out. I want you to desire the best gifts, so I will show you a much better way, or the high road, which is make sure you love, because love is a switch that turns them on. And then also, uh, as he says in the first part of chapter 13, uh, God's not impressed if we're operating in gifts, and that's what these guys were doing and not loving people, so we need to make sure we're loving too. Uh, but I like this first part. I want you to desire the best gifts. So what are the best gifts? Well, for sure, helping and leading, because all of us can operate in those, right? Prophecy would be one. We'll help you understand what it is, but we'll see that in, in one of our last verses today. But then the best gift for sure it's the gift God created you to, to operate in. That's the best one. And, and he wants you to desire them. That's one of the switches. We'll talk about that. We'll have fun as we do. So gifts will work until our work is done. And we are to do what Jesus did. I've, I've had people, I've heard people say this, the ones that are against the gifts, they'll say, why don't you just walk in a hospital and just heal everybody? And of course, not all of us operate in those gifts, but if you follow Jesus and the apostles, there's times when there were thousands of people sick, they healed one and walked away. It's as the spirit wills. I think God wants more of it to happen, but it's as the spirit wills. So here's our second principle, guys. The Bible says, Gifts are here until we're up there. Very similar to our big idea, right? But this is really important because this is where the doctrine comes in that gifts are no longer for today. And I wanna show you biblically what the Bible says. And here's the doctrine I'm referring to. It's called cessationism. It's a Protestant doctrine that teaches spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing, or all nine of them, ceased 
with the apostolic age. The apostolic age is when the last apostle of the Lamb died. So it's the 12 disciples of Jesus. Judas betrayed him. God put Paul in there. And when the last of those 12 died, uh, they're saying all the gifts ceased. We no longer need the gifts of the Spirit. And then reformers such as John Calvin originated this view. Wonderful guy. Um, I've read some of his works. He, He was a wonderful guy. But this is what they believe, and some of you grew up in a doctrine like this, so you, you know, if, if the Bible was new and we never heard, heard any of this, I wouldn't have to take time with this, but it's also very powerful, so I wanna help you see. This is the text that they would come from, okay? And it begins in 1 Corinthians 13, eight, and it reads like this. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And those are just two representing all nine. In other words, the gifts will stop someday. They'll cease. But then it goes on and says, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now that's, that's a problem uh, because knowledge is the Greek word gnosis. And in everyday Greek, it could be knowledge about anything. But when it's in a text like this in the Bible, it's Bible knowledge. It says someday uh, the scriptures won't be necessary. Now follow me. Do you know why they won't be necessary? God will write them on your heart. And that's some days in the future. And there's some day when you're not gonna need the Bible because it will be written on your heart. You'll know it from cover to cover. And listen to the very next verse, verse nine. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, some translations say that, which is perfect, what is in part will disappear. So he's telling us when the ceasing stops, it's when that which is complete or perfect comes. So I think the first part of verse nine is fascinating, for we know in part. Last year, I read the Bible through, I think it was nine times, but I, I, I didn't go look it up, so I know for sure it was eight times. I read the Bible through from cover to cover, Genesis all the way to Revelations, and it was in 2018 uh, that God dealt with me just to read the Bible through uh, uh, eight, eight or nine times there, so I did. And you know what happened when I was all finished, guys? I knew the Bible a little bit, but I still knew in part. And it's just, we'll never understand everything about God, everything about the scriptures. And there's coming a day, it's called the day of completeness here, the day of perfection, and that's when we won't need everything. So the big question is, when is this day? When is it, when's it gonna come? So uh, someone that believes in cessation of the gifts They believe that's when the canon of the scriptures were put together. So when the Bible was complete, we no longer need the gifts because then we're gonna know, okay? So let's, let's follow that thought through and listen to verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So can, can we all just try to remember back when we were kids, or our, our, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, don't, didn't we have quite an imagination? I, I read all the Tarzan books. I think there was 34 big paperback novels. I read every one of them, and I used to pretend I was Tarzan, and I'd go in my backyard, I'm all by myself, and I'd have, you know, talk to the apes, and I learned ape language, because they taught it to you in a Tarzan book, so Tantor was elephant, and I just, I can't remember all the words, but I'll never forget Tantor, and, and so I talked to Tantor, and I had a homemade bow and arrow, and then I'd pretend I killed something, and I'd go, ah, and I could go way higher back then. <laughs> Can you all agree? that if I was pretending I was Tarzan today, we'd need to do something about me, right? (laughs) Can you all agree I put that away, right? I'm not Tarzan anymore and I know it. 
what happened? I entered into a different phase. And that's why he's sharing this. There's, there's a time when we enter into a different phase, right? And he's setting us up for what he says next. Here, here we go, guys. Verse 12. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. So now is really important. I should have highlighted now. So that, that's when he's writing the Bible. And oh, this becomes part of the Bible. So that, that would be now too, right? For, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. So that's when completeness comes, perfection comes, when we no longer need the gifts. He says we'll see face to face. So the big question is, is that when the canon of the scriptures, which are so wonderful, so powerful, is that when the Bible is complete? I don't think so, because uh, we're not seeing God face to face, are we? Uh, are you seeing God, and do you know everything about God? The next part of the verse is just crazy. It settles all arguments. Now I know in part, this is Paul. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He says, now I know in part, then I shall fully, I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Guys, think about that. What's the event, what's the time, what's the day when you and I are gonna know fully? Listen to this, as we're fully known. You know, God fully knows you and there's coming a day when you'll know everything about God. That's when we go to heaven, guys. And I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to that day. But until we go to heaven... We're here, and we don't know everything. And that's why we need gifts, because God the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows the future. He can warn you. He can help you. He can help you walk through the future. It's, it's just so powerful. So I think that settles the argument. But then listen to the next verse, verse 13. And now these three remain. So isn't the now, now, it wasn't that when he was writing this book. So three things remained, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these was love. But guys, do faith, hope, and love still remain? Yeah, we're still in the now. We're not in the then. Looking forward to the then. Faith, hope, and love will be up there too. But we're in the now. And then notice what he says to all of us living in the now. This is important. Next, this is the very next verse. Uh, when the Bible was written, it didn't have chapters and verse, so they made this a new chapter. But it's the very next verse, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Follow the way of love, okay, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So that's why I think prophecy might be one of the best gifts because more and more of us, he tells all of us to desire prophecy to work in our life. So we need to make sure we understand what that is. But notice what he says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Now, if they were done away with guys, why would God let this get into the Bible? I mean, that's confusing. I remember after I accepted Jesus, I was spirit-filled the same day, and, and I was at work. And I, back then, I, I was a young Christian. I told everybody I was spirit-filled, and that wasn't smart. And, and I had a guy come in. He sold tools, but he was a cessationist, and I didn't even know what those were. And I was telling him, I'm spirit-filled, are you? And he goes, that's of the devil. He goes, the devil gave you that gift. And I said, and here I am, a brand-new Christian. I said, so... I read in God's Bible about gifts. I prayed and asked God, I'd love this one gift called other tongues, Lord. I'd love it. And so then God allowed the devil to give me something I read about in the Bible. I said, you're cuckoo. And, and I don't know anything. I'm just a young kid. But it just doesn't make sense, right? And guys, here's where I want to close. Here's where I want to close, all right? Listen, God's created you to operate in gifts of the Spirit. For some of you, you know that. You float in some. 
Some of you, you float in, you, you've just not thought about it, and so you kind of shut it down. For others, you're hearing it for the first time, you're like, I'm game, throw me in there, I hope I get one of the big ones, right? And, and then for others, I'm shaking you up a little bit, and that's okay, that's okay. It's cool. If you have to think about it, think about it. But I think the Bible's pretty convincing that these gifts are for all of us. God wants all of us to flow in them. We're not gonna flow in all of them, and it's up to him. We, we're gonna learn how to turn those switches on, right? But here's my exhortation to you. The world needs you. It needs God working through you. Fellow Christians need you. Your family needs you to open up and allow the things of the Spirit to move through you. You need it. And, and I don't want you to walk through this world. I mean, just having Jesus is, is all we need to go to heaven, and I agree with that. And we can have joy and peace and life just with Jesus alone. But guys, God also anointed you. He creoed you. And you are anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he wants to flow in your lives. And some of you right now, you're, you're thinking, Pastor Joe, you don't know me. I, I could never do this. My mind could never let this happen. I'm telling you, all you have to do is desire it and want it, turn that switch on, and we'll help you out in this series. So, Boardman, online, you guys need to give it up in the chat rooms here in Warren. Can we say thank you, God, for the things of the Spirit? Can we just give it up and thank it? <laughs> Woo! Thank you, God, for the things of the Spirit. Let's pray. Online, Boardman, Warren, let's pray, guys. And, man, this is, this is for all of us Christians. And I want you to agree with what I'm praying. Lord, if Pastor Joe's wacky, show me. <laughs> serious, that's a serious prayer. If he's right, show me. And Lord, I do want your best for my life. And Lord, I'm just saying right now, I'm saying to you, I'm praying, I desire spiritual gifts. And Lord, you know me, you know my makeup. Lord, I know many of them are like me. I think things through so deep. <laughs> I just think too deep. And Lord, so uh, some of us are like that. We ask you to help us. And Lord, others, man, they're wide open and all of us cry out. We desire spiritual gifts. And Lord, we're taking this time in this series, we're setting this time aside and we're saying let the Holy Spirit flood believers and let the Holy Spirit flood us. Let the things of the Spirit flow like they've never flown, flowed before in our lives. And as we're all praying, if you agree with that, could you just say to God, amen? Amen, God, amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and we're still in that attitude of prayer. Maybe you're visiting Borman, maybe you're visiting Warren. Maybe you're watching online as a visitor. We've had so many people visit online and some of you are now coming to church. I've met you in the lobbies. But you're not sure if you're forever. Remember, the Bible said the works that I do, you'll do if you believe in me. And maybe you're not even sure if you're a Christian. So right now I'm not asking you, I am not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Great things but those don't bring you to heaven. They're important if you accepted Jesus, but if you didn't accept Jesus, they don't save you. And I'm not asking you, if you believe in God, don't believe in God, here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life 
where you cried out and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior. If you can't remember the day Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll, I'll save them. Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that I'm Lord, you'll go to heaven. Your sins will be washed away. So if you can't remember that moment in time, why don't you, why don't you pray right now? And I, I can't bring you to that place, but I think God's brought some of you to that place and it's just time. Let's become a child of God. Let's allow God to wash all of our sins away. So for those of you that you say, that's me. Would you pray this from your heart right now? Can the rest of us help them? And online, if you're praying, pray it in the chat rooms, guys. Be praying for them and just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. That's why I'm looking to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, the Son of God. You died for my sins. I accept you as my Savior. And I surrender my life to you. I make you Lord of my life. I make a decision to follow you. Be water baptized and follow the Bible. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.